0: You're listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 200 the one thing you need so self care doesn't feel impossible. And a huge announcement Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find, it's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love, or back in love, with being a nurse. So come along with me, and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to episode 200 of the podcast. Feels really good. I feel just so crazy proud to be at episode 200. I remember when I first started the podcast, episode five, like getting to episode five just seemed like such a huge accomplishment. And now we're at 200 episodes. So thank you for being here with me on this journey. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I just brushed my teeth. I don't know if you guys, (laughs) if you've been here for a while, you might have heard me say on a podcast episode a long time ago that one of my pre-podcasting rituals is to brush my teeth because even though I know you can't smell my breath as I'm talking to you, because you're not here with me, obviously, it just feels better to be talking with a clean mouth. And so I go and brush my teeth every time before I record a podcast episode. And don't judge me for this, but I don't have a toothbrush right now. My husband and I, we just had our nine year wedding anniversary and we did a little staycation and I left my electric toothbrush at the resort and it's been a couple days since I've gotten a new one. So I've been using my son's toothbrush to brush my teeth. I know you're going to judge me for that. It's okay. I'm just, I'm going to own it. It's been over 24 hours since we've gotten home and I realized I didn't have my toothbrush and I've just been getting by. But I will get a new toothbrush eventually, but I still brushed my teeth for you today. (laughs) So today, you might have seen in this podcast episode title, I've got a big announcement for you today. But first, let me just tell you what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the one thing you need to make self-care not be a burden. Does self-care kind of feel like a burden to you? It's like this weird oxymoron. It's like the burden of self-care. Isn't that kind of weird? Like sometimes it feels that way where it's like, I'm supposed to be doing all these things to take care of myself. I'm supposed to go for a run or I'm supposed to relax and watch TV, but then I feel more behind with everything in the house or I'm supposed to spend time with friends and keep up with all these people that I love, but I also kind of feel drained by doing that. So sometimes self-care, as much as we want to do those things or would enjoy doing them, the expectation of it and just trying to fit it in with our lives can feel like such a burden. Does it feel like that way to you? And a lot of times we think that what we need is more time. That's the most common thing I hear people say. They're like, I just don't have time for self-care, right? And we're like, I can't possibly squeeze in it. I have all these other responsibilities, all these other people I'm taking care of, right? As nurses, we tend to be caregivers, not just in the professional sense, but by nature. We like to care for other people. And so we're spending all this time caring for others, looking after their needs, whether it's our patients, but also our family members and our friends and the people in our lives. And then we don't have the time or maybe the energy to give that care and attention to ourselves. So that's the main thing I hear people say is that they just need more time and then they would do self-care. But today, I want to tell you that that is not the main thing that you need. So we're going to take a look at what you truly need that's even more important than you having more time. That's going to help you actually get some momentum on your self-care and actually take care of yourself the way that you want to, and the way that will help you feel more balanced and whole in your life, okay? So we're gonna to get to that in just a second, but first, I do have a big announcement to make. And I gotta tell you, part of the reason this podcast episode is coming out later than usual is because I didn't know how to make this announcement. So like, normally my podcast episodes come out on Wednesday, right? And I'm recording this one on Friday. And part of me was telling myself, well, I just haven't done the podcast episode yet because my husband and I are celebrating our nine-year wedding anniversary. And so we're doing, we have different plans. He surprised me with different things. So I wasn't planning on taking that much time for our celebration, which was awesome. But, you know, I just didn't plan for getting the podcast episode out. And I've also been working on a really big project for you guys, for nurses in my coaching practice. And so I've been telling myself, you know, I've just been so consumed with working on that project, it makes sense I haven't gotten to the podcast episode yet. And while all of that stuff is true, part of the reason I haven't recorded this podcast episode yet is because it's kind of hard for me. So what I'm telling you and what I don't know how to really say is that I'm feeling like my time doing this podcast is complete I'm so ecstatic to be at 200 episodes, and I've loved doing the podcast part- partially. I'll say it's been a growing experience. It's been hard for me at times. And it's been a big commitment, but I've grown to love it, and I've benefited so much from it, and and most importantly, I've gotten to connect with all of you, and I know I only have gotten to interact with a hand. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um. I know I've only gotten to interact with a handful of you guys, you know, on social media or in my coaching programs, but those of you that I have gotten to interact with are the loveliest human beings. And I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, I just wish I could know every single podcast listener cuz I just adore them. And I know the ones that I've met have been so incredible. I know you all are amazing. So even if I haven't met you personally, or talk to you online, or if we haven't had any interactions, I just want you to know I love you so much, and I appreciate you being here on this journey with me. Now, the reason I'm stepping away from the podcast isn't because I'm saying goodbye. It's not because I'm done coaching, not by a long shot. I love coaching, and I love supporting nurses, and I still plan to be there for you guys, just in a different way. So, Another part of this big announcement is that this project I've been working on is creating a free video training for you guys. And so this video training I just put out, and you can get it for free. It's called How to Cut Your Nurse Anxiety in Half and Enjoy Your Job Without Forcing Yourself into Suffocating Self-Care Routines. So I want to support you guys with that. I know so many nurses feel anxiety. If you feel dread before your shift, if you feel overwhelmed as you're getting report and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done and you're feeling stressed out, then this training is going to help you understand why your shifts feel so chaotic And why your self-care does feel like a burden sometimes, right? Like we have all this anxiety and we're told all these things we're supposed to do to ease that anxiety, but it feels like another task on the to-do list. So I'm going to break down why your shifts are feeling so chaotic and it's such a grind to get through them and such a grind to get through your self-care. And then we're also going to talk about where your anxiety actually comes from and how to stop hinging your happiness on your shifts. Sometimes when we go to work, it's like we're crossing our fingers and we're like, I hope things go well today so I can have a good shift and I can be happy and I can go home in a pleasant mood and all of that, right? We're like, I hope I get a good patient group. I hope the doctors are in a good mood. I hope my coworkers are in a good mood. And we're like crossing our fingers that the stars will align so we can have a good shift. So I'm going to teach you how to stop hinging your happiness on your shifts so you can go to work feeling confident even with all the uncertainty of nursing. And then the third thing we're going to talk about in that training is how to keep your anxiety from spiraling out of control. Cuz I know sometimes it feels like it's just this runaway boulder down a mountain or like like a snowball. I kind of picture it like when you make a snowman how it starts small and then you start rolling the snow and it all packs onto it and makes this big ball. It's like that's how our anxiety can grow sometimes, but it goes faster than my three-year-old pushing a snowball, right? (laughs) It goes really fast, and it just builds and builds and builds. And so I want to teach you how to keep your anxiety from spiraling out of control. So this training, I've been working on it for a long time for you guys. It is packed full of tools and information that's going to really help you. So I want you to know, even though I'm stepping away from the podcast, this is not goodbye. This is welcoming you into a new way of getting supported by me. And so you can grab that free training at www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash free training. Okay, so you got to make sure you type the W's into my website. I don't, it's just weird and just do it, okay? <laughs> but just remember, you got to type the W's in. So it's www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash free training. Okay, so go and grab that. It's going to be just so helpful for you if you're feeling anxious and stressed in your job, whether you're a new nurse or not. I know a lot of times we think, oh, it's only new nurses who feel stressed and overwhelmed. Totally not true. This is going to be applicable to you even if if you've been a nurse for decades. Maybe you're in a new role or you're the expert on your unit and you're the person that everyone goes to with all the problems and they expect you to fix it, there's a lot of pressure with that. So it makes sense if you're feeling some anxiety, you're taking on the heavier patient loads, you're trying to help all the new people. So please know that anxiety is not just a new nurse thing. And this training is going to be applicable at every stage of nursing. So grab that at www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash free all right. Oh, and one more thing I want to make sure I say. This is a big one. So, you might have noticed when you came in to listen to this podcast episode that my other podcast episodes, the numbering's kind of funky because it jumps around between different numbers and not all 200 episodes are there. So, I've left a handful of episodes here on the feed, around 20 ish. And if you're new to the podcast, if this is the first time you've stumbled onto it and you're like, this is kind of weird listening to this episode because it sounds like a goodbye episode. Like I said, it's not a goodbye, but this podcast episode is going to be at the top of my feed for a long time. So if someone a year later comes to my feed and you find this podcast episode, it might be the first one you listen to. So if that's you, if you're new to the podcast and you're like, well, should I even listen if she's not putting out any more new ones? Yes. So there are about 20 other ones you'll see here, but that's why the numbering is all funky is because those other podcast episodes are no longer available here. And I actually tell you in that free training how you can access all 200 episodes of the podcast. So make sure you go there to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash free training. In that training, it'll tell you how you can get all 200 episodes. But the numbering is all funky, but it's okay. It doesn't really matter what order you listen to them in, but these podcast episodes will be really helpful for you for managing your stress and overwhelm and anxiety with nursing and creating more fulfillment. I know many of us came into nursing because we want to feel fulfilled. We want to connect with patients. We want to have meaningful experiences. And at least for me as a new nurse, I didn't feel that way. I felt like it was not what I was expecting. And I know if I hadn't found these tools that I teach you guys here, I still would be floundering. It would have gotten easier because I would have built up my skills. So, in some regards, it would have gotten easier. But we need to know how to intentionally create fulfillment, or else we're just going to feel stuck and helpless in our jobs. So, these podcast episodes here and the free training are to help you take that power back over your fulfillment. Okay. All right. I think those are all my announcements. So, now we can get into the heart of our podcast episode where we're going to talk about the one thing you need to make self-care not feel like a burden. And it's not more time, okay? The one thing we need is we need to know deep in our bones that we are worth taking care of. Now, that might seem like I don't know, a frivolous thing, or maybe it sounds like a really hard to reach thing or too abstract. But we're going to talk about today, I'm going to tell you how to access that deep knowing that you're worth taking care of. Because the thing is, when we say we don't have time for self-care, that's not really true. I know we might have our schedules like booked and we're like, see, look at how many hours I need to spend doing this thing and how much time I need to spend doing that. And we can do the math and add it all up. And we're like, see, self-care doesn't fit in. But the truth is when that's the situation, it's not that we don't have time for self-care. It's that we don't think taking care of ourself is as important as those other things on our list. Right? And maybe you want to keep believing that. Maybe you have really important things on your list that you're like, I can't give those things up right now. I I do believe my self-care is not as important as these things. And that's okay. Just own that. Instead of saying, I don't have time for self-care, we just want to recognize, I think what I'm doing is more important than taking care of myself. But we have to own that so we can decide, do I want to keep believing it? Or do I want to question those beliefs? But a lot of times when we're telling ourselves, I don't have time for it, it's really just a matter of, is it important enough to me? like i like to think of the example of if your child went missing and you had no idea where they were and you needed to like put together a search party and go find them you wouldn't be like my schedule's full i i can't go look for my child today i have all these commitments like maybe like on Thursday? Like, can I go look for him in a couple days? Right? Like we wouldn't do that. We'd we would drop everything and we'd be like, no matter what, I'm gonna make the time to go and find my child. Now I know some of you might be like, okay, that's a bit extreme, and it is extreme, right? But I want to give you that extreme example to show you that if something is important to you, you make the time for it. And right now, you might not think you're valuable enough. You might not think you're worthy enough. Of taking the time for your own self-care. What many of us are told, which I think does help some people get leverage over self-care, is we hear people say, self-care isn't selfish, right? And because that was a common myth where people think, oh, I'm being so selfish by doing self-care. And so people would say, you're not being selfish. You actually need to do self-care so that you can take care of others even better, You can't pour from an empty cup. That's what we hear, right? And so some of us can get ourselves to do self-care because we're like, it's going to benefit everyone else, right? If I take care of myself, then I show up for my patients better. I have more energy and I'm more focused during my shifts and I'm thinking more clearly and I'm not so irritable and all of that, right? So we're like, I can see how if I take care of myself, it helps other people. So then we're like, okay, I can justify it a little bit, right? Or if I take care of myself, then I'm more present with my kids when I'm with them. Or I'm, again, less irritable and I have more energy. So we justify our self-care by noticing how it benefits other people. And like I said, for some people, that helps them get some momentum. It's like, okay, I can justify it. Nothing wrong with that. I think that is good to get you moving in the right direction. But here's where it stalls out, when it really doesn't feel like our self-care is benefiting other people. That's when our brains can't get behind that. If we're like, okay, I I should do self-care to benefit others, but me taking time for myself is actually making my partner really frustrated because now they're needing to take care of the kids or pick up more slack around the house. Or my kids really don't like it when I go to the gym. They miss me and they cry when I leave. Or me doing self-care means saying no to picking up the extra shift, and my manager really doesn't like that, and my coworkers don't really like that, and the patients really need my help, right? So then all of a sudden, that idea of us doing self-care for the benefit of others doesn't really work anymore. We're like, okay, so I guess I shouldn't do self-care because it's not benefiting others, right? So that's why we need to take things to the next level. That's why we stall out with our self-care because we're burdened with this guilt. It feels so heavy because we're like, oh, I don't want to ask my partner to watch the kids while I go for a run. I feel so guilty taking that time for myself. Or I feel so guilty doing this because it's going to cost money and I shouldn't spend money on myself. So it's all that guilt that feels so heavy. And that's why self-care feels like a burden is because we're weighed down by guilt for doing it. And so if you want to do self-care consistently and effectively and, and feel good about it, we have to stop telling ourselves it's only for the benefit of others. We have to take that next step to believe I'm worth taking care of. Now, that sounds really nice on the surface, right? I'm worth taking care of. Some of us can be like, yeah, I agree with that. But here's what that means sometimes. See if these thoughts feel good to you. I'm worth inconveniencing others. Do you believe that? That one feels a little uncomfortable, right? At least for me, a long time ago, especially like a couple years ago, that thought, I'm worth inconveniencing others, I'd be like, oh no, I can't inconvenience other people. I can't ask my husband to put the kids to bed so I can go for a run or whatever it is, right? Like, that's too much. But that's when we believe that we're worth it and we're important. That's one of the beliefs we might have to adapt. I'm worth inconveniencing others sometimes. How about this one? I'm worth spending money on. How do you feel about that? I have a friend who's training for a triathlon and it's her first triathlon she's done, and so she's needing different equipment. She needs to get her bike tuned up, and she needs a wetsuit for the run, and she might need to get some new shoes. And so she was telling me, you know, it's a big goal, and I feel good about it. I think it's really good for me, but I just feel so guilty, this money I'm spending on myself. So I know that can be a hard thing for people sometimes, right? We're like, oh, I feel so guilty going back to school or, or investing in my education in this way. Or I feel guilty joining this program or joining this gym that I think is going to help me. Like, we have all this guilt about spending money on ourselves. But if we want to consistently practice self care, we need to be okay with that. We might want to make some steps toward that direction. I'm worth spending money on. And then here's one more for you to try on I'm worth the lost productivity. So that was the best way I could think of explaining it. But sometimes we want to do self-care, like whatever that means for you. Go on a run, journal, go to a concert, spend time with friends, whatever that self-care looks like for you. We're like, I want to do that, but I just can't justify taking the time away from these other things that I'm doing. I should clean the house. I should work in the garden. I should give the dog a bath, whatever it is, right? We have all these shoulds that we're like, that's more important. Being productive is more important. But you're worth the quote-unquote lost productivity. And I put that in quotes because it's not really true. It might be a pause in productivity, at least in with those certain tasks that you have in mind. But ultimately, as we take care of ourselves and we're re-energized, we're going to be so much more efficient later. That's what all the big businesses see, like Google. They're really good about giving their employees time to take breaks and to do fun things, to recharge. And then they come back and they're way more efficient. They're able to get their tasks done and they're way more creative and have better ideas because they got that break. And it's the same with us. We're actually going to be more efficient and more productive when we take those breaks. But up front, it might seem like some lost productivity. But do you believe that you're more important than getting the dishes done? Are you more important than laundry? Are you more important than the house being perfectly clean? So those are some thoughts that if they feel really uncomfortable to you, I'm going to give you some tips on how to get to that place with your self-care where you really believe I'm worthy of inconveniencing others. I'm worthy of spending money on. I'm worthy of lost productivity, right? And that's not an exclusive list, but just a few things that we might need to adapt as part of our belief system if we want to show up for ourselves consistently in the way that we want to, not just tell ourselves, I need to take care of myself so I can take care of other people even more, okay? So here's the thing. If those things are uncomfortable to you, Those ideas that you're worth inconveniencing others or spending money on or losing productivity, that's okay. It's gonna be uncomfortable because to go from where you are now, where maybe you're thinking, I'm not worth taking care of at all, or maybe you have the belief system, I'm only worth taking care of so I can take care of other people even more. To get to that place where you believe you're worth those other sacrifices or inconveniences, it's going to take an identity shift. And identity shifts aren't super comfortable, right? Like think about any identity shifts you've had in your life. The first one that came to mind for me was when I got married, which was a very exciting identity shift, right? Like I was thrilled to be married and, and I was kind of sad. I ended up changing my last name to my husband's last name, which I know isn't required, but I chose to do that. And that was like part of my identity. I was like, I identify as being a Blaisdell that was my old last name, guys. Abby Blaisdell was my name. Now I'm Abby Sanchez. But when I made that identity shift, it felt kind of weird, even though it was also really exciting. So when I would sign my name for the longest time, I would start writing a B for Blaisdell in my signature. And then I'd be like, oh, no, I'm supposed to write Sanchez. And cursive S's are so hard. It looks terrible. (laughs) I still don't have a pretty signature because I haven't figured out how to write it in a pretty way, but it it was kind of uncomfortable, kind of weird at least, right? Even though it was exciting. So that was an identity shift that I went through. We all have gone through the identity shift of going from being students to becoming nurses. Or maybe you're still a nursing student and you're, you're going through that identity shift. But that feels kind of weird. They even have a name for it. Have you guys heard the term imposter syndrome before? So that's referring to when you're in a new role, like you're a new nurse, you feel like an imposter, even though you are qualified, right? Like you passed the NCLEX, you graduated from nursing school, you got hired in the job, like it was all done legally fair and square, but you kind of feel like an imposter, I totally felt that way when I'd go into my patient's room and I'd be like, hi, I'm Abby. I'm your nurse today. I'd be like, I hope they don't see through me. I hope they don't see how terrified I am or how little I actually know and, and, you know, feel totally freaked out that I'm the person taking care of them. Cause it felt like I was lying to them. Like, I'm not really qualified to be doing this. Did you guys ever feel that way? So that's called imposter syndrome. And it's uncomfortable, right? Like it takes time for our brain to catch up with our new identity and for us to really believe I'm a nurse. I'm a qualified nurse. I deserve to be here. It's appropriate for me to be here. I know what I'm doing. Like all of those things, we don't really believe them yet. So in the meantime, it's uncomfortable as our brains catch up to us. And it's going to be uncomfortable in that same way as you turn into the kind of person that believes I'm worthy of care. I'm worthy of inconveniencing others. I'm worthy of spending money on. I'm worthy of lost productivity. I am the kind of person who takes care of myself because I love me. I take care of myself because I love others. And I take care of myself because I love me. So as you start on this journey towards this identity shift, I just want you to know it's going to be uncomfortable, and that's okay. Let's allow that discomfort. There's the discomfort of not doing self-care and feeling resentful and exhausted, or there's the discomfort of challenging yourself a little bit to care for yourself and to try to form this new identity. And that discomfort, I believe at least, is going to serve you better. I was thinking about this book I read about vulnerability and creating more connected, authentic relationships. And they were talking about what they called the 15% rule. What they were saying was, we all have a certain level of comfort with talking to other people. So let's say you have a coworker at work and you don't know him super well and you're just making small talk with them. We kind of have this little bubble of like, okay, this feels comfortable and safe for me, like these different topics of conversation and sharing this information about my life. This all feels comfortable and safe inside this bubble. But if we're trying to deepen the relationship, we might need to go out of that bubble. And that's going to be uncomfortable and kind of scary, right? They might reject us. They might think our opinions are wrong or that we're stupid or whatever, right? They, they might have all these opinions about us. So we're scared to go out of that bubble where we know inside the bubble it's safe. We're like, oh, I know they have kids. I can talk to them about kids, just kind of surface level, right? But if I... Go deeper about like parenting philosophies or whatever. Then, then they might not like my opinions. So we just kind of stay in this bubble. Like, oh, we went to the park, how fun! Oh, you've got a birthday party coming up. What are you guys gonna do? And just keep it really safe. But what they were talking about in this book is this fifteen percent rule. Is like, instead of like jumping way into the deep end, where you're like all of a sudden like I'm gonna start talking to you about politics and religion and all these intense subjects that people. Might have very drastically different opinions about and be very emotionally charged with. Instead of doing that, I'm just going to dip my toe outside of this circle of safety into this next layer of 15% outside of my comfort zone. Right? So we're just going to like try out sharing a little something a little bit more vulnerable. Instead of just that surface level conversation, maybe we say, I'm really struggling with something right now. And this is what's going on for me. And we just share a little bit more. Or we're like, I had this situation with my kid and I'm kind of worried about them. So as we do that, then we're getting a little more vulnerable. It's not just day-to-day activities. It's more about our emotions and our struggles, our concerns. So we can dip our toe into that 15%. And that's how I think of it with this idea of shifting our identity to doing self-care because we love ourselves. Can you just dip your toe out 15%? It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but just test the waters. It's like the first time I asked my husband to watch the kids so I could go to lunch with friends. That wasn't a huge thing, but that was uncomfortable for me back then. Maybe he hadn't gotten the sleep he wanted because he's a night shift nurse too. So Maybe he hadn't gotten the sleep, and I was like, I know he's tired, but I really want to connect with these friends. So I asked him to do that. So that was just kind of like dipping my toe out and letting him be uncomfortable or inconvenienced. Or the first time I hired a coach, I've told you guys before, I'm part of a coaching program, and I'm always going to have a coach. Even though I'm a coach myself, I know the importance of having a coach, but I didn't before I hired one. I didn't really know, right? So The first time I decided to sign up for the coaching program, I was nervous about it. I was like, I don't know if I can justify spending this money on myself. Money's kind of tight right now. And I felt really uncomfortable with it. But I did believe if I take care of myself, I'll be a better wife and mom to my kids. And that was enough to get me to dip my toe out of the water a little bit and to sign up for the coaching program. And then as I got in there and I was able to really work on my beliefs about myself, I've built up that confidence. But it's just taking those small steps like, all right, it's uncomfortable to me, but I'm going to do it because I want to become someone who takes care of me because I love me. Because I know I'm worth it. But that identity shift doesn't happen overnight. One thing that helps me make that identity shift too is to think about if I were already that person that I want to become, that version of me I'm striving to evolve to, what would that version of me think about all of this? How would I approach that in my life? One of my friends was telling me that she had done an exercise like that about her relationship with money. And she was saying you know, she wanted to become someone who thought about money and felt really abundantly about money. Instead of being scarce and worried to spend money on anything, she wanted to feel abundance with money. And so that's what she did. She imagined this future version of herself who was confident with money and who felt secure and who used money on the things that she loves. And then she wrote out for herself this beautiful like little letter to herself about how that version of her thinks about money and how they treat their money. And so as she tapped into what would that person, what would that future version of me be thinking about money? Then she started to adapt those thoughts now in her current life. So we can do that too. So what would it look like? Who is it that you want to become in regards to how you take care of yourself and how you feel day to day? I want you just to imagine that. Like imagine that version of yourself who's feeling balanced and well-rested and who's pursuing your interests and goals, that version of you that has the confidence to make requests of people and not feel guilty about it, who's willing to invest in yourself, whether it's for your education or your hobbies or your mental health, you know that you're worth spending money on and taking care of. Imagine that version of you who genuinely feels good giving to yourself. Like, you know how when you give to a friend, like if you give a really generous gift to a friend, you're like so proud of yourself and you like feel so good about it. What if that future version of you felt that same way when you did things for yourself? If you were like, that was so kind, like picture that version of you. And then start tapping into that energy. When you make decisions about how you spend your time, Instead of asking current you, who's not quite there yet, ask that future version of yourself. So tap into that energy and start becoming that person step by step. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take those little shifts, but you will grow into this new identity. And to get you started with it, the perfect thing for you to do to dip your toe into the water is to carve out some time to watch that training I have for you. So I know you might think, I have so many other things I need to do, or I don't know if I'm worth taking care of in this way. It might inconvenience other people for me to take this time for myself. Just be willing to be kind of uncomfortable with it, but know that you're becoming the kind of person who takes care of yourself because you love you. So head on over. You can go to www.thrivingnurse.com Forward slash free training, and don't forget to type those W's into the beginning. www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash free training to grab the training how to cut your nursing anxiety in half and enjoy your job without forcing yourself into suffocating self care routines. So that's your first assignment to dip your toe into the water and take care of yourself because you love you. All right. I hope you enjoy that training. And like I said, this is not goodbye. If you're new to the podcast, I've got 20 other podcast episodes down here for you to listen to, and you can go grab that new training. If you're not new to the podcast, if you're listening to this in real time, and I just put this podcast episode out and you've been on this journey with me for a long time, please know I adore you. And I'm so grateful for you coming and hanging out with me every week. And I just wish the very, very best for you. I love you so much. Take care, my friends.